Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. In this episode, we're looking at some of the common myths and legends around the process of cremation. So I, I like this topic because there are so many misconceptions about cremation uh, or cremation process. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, cremation takes two and a half days. Oh, it takes 10 minutes. Oh, you can't cremate people that are this or you can't cremate. So I, I, uh, we get some great questions for Roger and I hope it's going to dispel a lot of these myths and sort of unknown or urban legends mm. about cremation. And I like this topic because this is, you know, when I go to a party or get together with, with people I don't know and I tell them, I'm a funeral director or I work in a crematory, everybody suddenly has questions. So this is a great topic because these are the questions that people don't ask. They don't know who to ask. They don't know where to get their information from. Um, and it is always a showstopper at parties. There's a lot of misinformation out a there. A lot. A lot yes. of misinformation. So we'll, we're going to dispel some of those myths. Um, our guest today is Roger Gosson. Roger is the operations manager of Fenefina Homes and Crematorium and the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. And he sees the whole operations of our three cremation chambers at our Manchester location. Hi, Roger. Welcome to Dying to Talk. Thank you. Good morning. Glad to be here. Okay. <laughs> Glad you're here. Um, He's very enthusiastic this morning. <laughs> so I want to I want to ask you one. The first question is, is a lot of people, what's the difference between a crematory, crematorium, cremation chamber, cremation retort? The crematory is, is the building that we hold the uh, retorts in. So it's the building. The building, the is, building is that's correct. So you don't get cremated in a crematory. That's the building that the cremation chamber. That's is correct. In. Okay, a lot of people think it's the cremate. It's not the. I just wanted to sort of set the. A lot of people think that. Think that. Right. And it's actually the cremation chamber or retort that the cremation, body goes yes. in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So during a cremation, what what what's the temperature range for a cremation? Once the oven uh, reaches optimum temperature, which is. Uh, little over 1600 degrees and that's the cremation process that'll always range between 1650 to about 1750 that's hot cremation process at that temperature how long does the cremation take cremation takes about three hours now but it's going to vary based on the site and and i and that's correct Uh, if you have a very large person it's going to take much longer but then there's different things that need to be done whether you if you have a very large person is is controlling the the flames that we turn on manually. Uh, we have to just shut them off and just let let the body uh, cremate itself. Cremate itself. Yeah. And people, I think there's a misconception that there's a there's a flame on the person at all times, and it's really no, it's really they're all, re- they're, that all a bit. they're all regulated. Each each oven has uh, runs its uh, has a computer system, and when it asks for heat, it'll it'll kick on these flames to come on, and when it doesn't, it shuts them off. And if there is uh, any detection of smoke or high temp, it automatically shuts the flames, and it goes to a safety mode, 
that lasts for about three to five minutes, and then it starts the process again. So it's it's actually quite it's high tech. I mean, it's it's, it's computer systems that are that are running our crematories. That's, that's it's correct. not simply yeah. turning on the button and and walking away. There there's monitors, there's devices. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think one of our um, one of our newer crematory even actually sends information back to the manufacturer so they can monitor. That's right. They have a modem now that's connected to our oven that we can tie in to our manufacturing, and uh, if we have a problem, they can. We can just plug it in, and they can see what what's going on with that retort, and they can do adjustments, or we can do adjustments to get it and diagnose. Work. That's diagnose. Yeah. A really common question that people have, especially when it comes to pets, which we do not handle, um, but they always ask for a private cremation, meaning one person at a time, and and we all know that you can only cremate one person at a time. But are there any circumstances where you can cremate more than one? No. State laws require that only one person go in at a time. I mean, that's that's our policy here. And, uh, you know, what happens in other parts of the country, well, they're supposed to just do one at a time. But What if, uh, you know, a, a parent loses a set of twins um, and they, you know, they were born still. They are not technically, legally considered viable, you know, human beings at that point. Could the parents request for well, their when you may, Let's qualify this. Well, viable like, human beings in terms of, in terms of e having issuing a death certificate. A death certificate right, or, right. right. So the, the I didn't death want to get callers calling right, right, us no, up the, in terms of... It's not the yeah. death isn't recorded the same way. Correct. Could the parents request for their babies to be cremated together I, in that circumstance? I think something like that could be done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because yeah. it, it does you know, kind the of fall outside the, of the scope. The parents are signing a request and all this stuff like that. It's not like we're doing things behind their back. The regulations do permit it. It's not necessarily stipulated. We would need to get permission from the from the state, you know, mm -hmm. from the regulatory board to, to do that. But that that's happened, on, unfortunately, on, on a couple of occasions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so what's what's still large now? You've been you've been running our crematories, Roger, ever since we've had crematories, yeah. which has been I've been here twenty two years. Twenty two years, and I think we put in our first, first crematory. Started, yes, nineteen ninety five. over five six six hundred and fifty pounds. That was my. So is the process. Different if someone's 600 pounds? It is. When they, uh, the rule of thumb in the cremation business is if you do have a large person for cremation, uh, it's something that you do with a cold oven. So that would be probably something first thing in the morning. If you want to overheat the, the That's chamber. correct. And usually, uh, usually a person in that size, uh, the normal case is everybody's place in the retort in the chamber uh, feet first. But a very large person, it's reverse. You load the body head first. So the torso is more towards the back of the retort than the front. And the reason being for that is uh, with a very large person, once once the body ignites, it's very hard to control, control the flames. Mm -hmm. So we basically shut off the unit and leave the afterburner on, and the body actually just cremates itself because of the oils and stuff like that on a very large person. So after the cremation, I'm assuming that takes much longer than, than the normal yes. three hours or so. Yes. It could it take the better part of the day it, it, in it, some it, cases. That's correct. So it could take five, six hours. Okay. So after the cremation is completed, um, there's a misconception of, oh, there's parts of clothing or there's part of the casket or the container. What's left after the actual three to four hour cremation process is just the calcium of the bones. Everything else uh, is is burnt away. 
So it's, um, it's if you put a metal casket in, obviously uh, the handles of the casket are still in there, but all everything, all the clothing and, and the flesh and everything else is all burned. And when you open an oven, if you don't touch it, you actually see the skeletal remains of that person that was cremated. So when when the family gets back the urn of the cremated remains, they're, they're simply getting back the, the, calcium, the calcium, which are the bone fragments is, of that are the individual. Bone fragments that are which are raked into a, a special pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also sift the pan to pick up any metals that the cremation container or the casket or screws that have. I also have people that have hip replacements or any type of artificial joints, and uh, those are discarded. And then we process the cremated remains in a uh, processor with a metal blade, and it grinds it down so after it's complete, the Korean remains look like like beach sand. Mm-hmm. Which is why people call them, I mean, they look ashes. like ashes. Oh, they look that's like, correct. yeah, residual of, yeah. You mentioned the medical equipment that's left after the process. Yeah. What about pacemakers? Are those Pace-ma- able to go in the process? Pacemakers have to be removed. Uh, we always check them. The medical examiner also comes here to uh, view the body prior to cremation and signs off for it. They also check for pacemakers. They'll leave us a note, but... Regardless if they missed it or not, it's on one of our processes that we have to do. We uh, we check for pacemakers, defibrillators, and we have to remove them. And a lot of people say, well, why do you have to remove them? It's because of the battery in the in the unit itself. With high high temp, high high temp, it explodes, and it's like a stick of dynamite, and it can damage the retort. It can loosen bricks in the uh, in the retort, so. That's something very important that we do have to check. And all the don't time. it could potentially hurt a crematory operator too if yeah. Well, it's confined inside the unit when it does go, so I wouldn't say it would really hurt a technician at all. But more or less, it can really, really do a damage to the uh, interior of the retort. And I think don't some pacemakers have some radioactive material? It's almost like a little nuclear reaction that potentially could happen right. inside. I don't, I don't want to dramatize this, but... <laughs> Such a drama queen, right. honey. Such a drama queen. So how about um, we get requests, oh, my, my husband had gold teeth. I want that removed. Or can you can you, can you you um, bring back the, the gold? How does that... We don't, we don't remove teeth if, if the family really wants... Someone has a full, you know, full mouth of gold and they really want their gold... We refer them to bring their own dentist here on site and remove the teeth if they really want them that bad. But with the high, with the high heat and everything like that, it just melts. Because if I'm thinking back from my high school or college chemistry, and gold is gold is very malleable, and and the melting point. I don't remember what it is, but it's way less than 1,600 oh, degrees. Yes. I can so actually speak to this. I was can. a dental technician for a little while. Why don't you <clears> fill <throat> us the, in? The, <laughs> it, you are right. It actually ends up sublimating. Um, it, the cremation chamber burns so much higher than the temperature it takes to melt the gold to form the crown that um, it, it, it's gone. It disappears. And I asked a dentist friend of mine once, you know, telling the people who requested this, and he said the, the, the cost for, for, mm-hmm. for me to do a home visit, which <laughs> right. would be, a, I guess, a crematory, a funeral home visit, to mm-hmm. remove the gold, 
is more than the price of the dental gold right. that's placed in and there. those dental those crowns it's a gold alloy it's not it's not um solid you won't make gold. a ring out of it after. no it's it's not solid gold it's it's a, a mixture of metals only a small portion of which are gold so right. you know you're thinking you paid fifteen hundred dollars for this <laughs> crown to be put in your mouth two thousand dollars for this crown but it's actually maybe fifty dollars worth of actual gold in there right. so it, you know, it's just, it's not feasible and it doesn't, it's not cost effective to start pulling out people's teeth just to return these, mm -hmm. you know, bits of metal that are very small portion of gold. Now we have, we have a number of people that are actually, and we, we allow this and we, it's one of our service offerings to be present during the cremation. In your experience, what's the, you know, what are the different, are there some religious reasons why or personal reasons why, um, why are people wanting to witness the cremation other than the fact that some people just are very curious and they want to see it. I think a lot to do with is uh, certain religions mm -hmm. that uh, do uh, do want to witness the cremation. Uh, they they follow it. They follow, they have a service on our chapel, and then they'll uh, bring their loved one right to the right to the retort, and they'll actually turn the oven on the retort and uh, help us, uh, you know place the body inside the retort and put the buttons on and everything like that. And that's just a religious thing. Uh, witness cremation, we offer it, but we don't see much of it. Uh, I don't think it's religion. I think for a lot of people, it's just psychology. It's, it's They want to follow it to the final just it's the, sort the closure, of yeah. it's sort of it's like we're not we're not going to the cemetery with dad we're going to the crematory so That's i promised correct. him i'd follow to the it's more of an emotional yeah, it is and i th you see that with families that do come in i think they're just following it to the the very end mm -hmm. now we have people uh request to put certain things in the casket memorabilia letters pictures what are some things that are okay to put in the machine but things that cannot be placed in the machine the only thing that shouldn't be placed in the casket that's going to go into the retort are glass. Anything with glass, because what I, even with a high temp, it just melts. It, it just melts it, but it doesn't dissipate it at all. Clumps up sometimes, it even sticks to the bricks of the oven. Which brings which us back clump. to the teeth, because yeah. porcelain crowns do the same thing. Huh. Yeah. 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 I remember years ago, and Rod, you probably remember this, is we had a, a young boy that passed away. And he was an avid surfer, and the family wanted to oh, cremate sure. him with his surfboard. Yeah. And I said, "That's I have no problem with it." We called the manufacturer, and I think the manufacturer said because of the fiberglass in the surfboard, mm -hmm. it would really impact the bottom of the cremation, basically start melting and, in effect, gum up the bottom of the crematory, which mm. would make our crematory, you know, that inoperable sense, yeah. after the fact. So. Um, Good thing I, you called. Good one thing I called. The, <laughs> one of the worst worst things to also place in a retort for a cremation uh, for a female is on silicone implants. Mm. Right. With the IAED, it gels up and it just sticks to the floor of the oven. It's very hard to remove. That's an embarrassing question to ask the family. Did your grandmother have any yeah. silicone breast implants? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> not a conversation I'd want no, to have. No. <laughs> so oh. those would have to be, technically have to be removed yes. prior to the, the actual mm. cremation. As part of the process, you're checking for pacemakers, you're checking for jewelry, you're, you're checking the body. What's the most interesting thing you may have found in someone's pocket? I can't recall. 
Uh, I, I would. I mean, I know I've, I've heard stories of, you know, people have found drugs. They've found some, you know, rather embarrassing items. Um, yeah. I'm, well, in this field, you kind of see everything. Yeah, and keep your mouth shut so, about it. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. You know, as professionals, you don't go and tell the neighbor what you found in yeah. someone's pocket and stuff like that. But, you know, some people, that's the way this person was, and they wanted to go out with whatever... Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's our policy if someone if the family as long as it's not going to harm right, the crematory not. or it's not illegal mm-hmm. um, if someone says hey we, we want to cremate my dad with you know with a deck of cards or with a six pack of beer yeah you're not going to want to go putting like aerosol or, cans and lighters and that kind of stuff no, in there because that's no, all right. uh, explode yeah. and it, it's interesting because as, as you know Roger a lot of people I mean our general crematory policy is that we are removing any jewelry or any items, you know, from the person prior to cremation and returning it back to the family. But in some cases, the family says, no, I, I, like, I like to have my dad, you know, cremated with his wedding band on. Or yeah. I like to have my mom cremated with her, her religious scapula or something. So yeah. is that, is that know, fairly yes, common? And we always give them the option, too, that, uh, you know, if they said, no, cremate my, my father or my mother with her rings on. Uh, another option you offer the family too. Do you ever think about how about we remove it for the cremation process? And when that's complete, how about pla- placing the jewelry in the cremator remains? Yeah, so and, it stays intact. And, stays a, lot, intact, and yeah. a lot of families, after they hear that, they, they decide that's a great idea. Just place them after the cremation, place them in the cremator remains. So we do that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Now, once the cremation's over, um, you know, we've talked a whole lot about the, you know, what goes into it. Um, what comes out? Uh, how much material uh, would a typical body leave behind? <clears throat> Typically, uh, people ask that question all the time, and I always tell them is um, take a five a five bag five pound bag of sugar. bag of sugar, and you know remove it, and so you have about three quarters of sugar in a bag, and that's an average person. Is there anything okay. that kind of that that affects that one way or the other? Makes it less or makes it more? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, again, like we're talking about, what's left is the calcium of the bone. So, yeah, I mean, you get, uh, you know, a basketball player. You more know, the, bone. You know, the long bones and everything. So there's there's a lot more calcium there. So, you know, there's a lot more of what we call cremated remains left to give to the family, you know, versus a, you know, five-foot little woman that's going to be cremated. You know, the cremains ain't as much as... The average person, but then you can go beyond that. Even the, you know, you you put someone in that weighs five, six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, cremated remains might be the average person, but right. it was the body, the body mass. That, it's not. It's not the weight. It's not it's the, the weight. It's, it's the height and and the the um, skeletal frame size. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's and you know we know this firsthand that the overweight man that weighed 600 pounds that only was five feet is going to have less cremated remains than the you know than the guy that might weigh 100 pounds but is you know was 510 yeah 100 pound 510 person and a 600 pound five foot person these are two people i'd like to see next to each other because they'd be some interesting looking individuals (laughs) so let's 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 get serious for a minute here um a lot of people concerned, and, and our industry does not, and I think I've mentioned this before in other shows, is that our industry is not sued a lot. Um, matter of fact, and, and doesn't have a lot of complaints. Um, I think the FTC ranked us the lowest industry in terms of lawsuits and, and claims. But if you do look at our industry, the number one issue when there are lawsuits is 
is something having to do with the cremation process. Oh, we cremated the wrong person, you created this, or you didn't have permission. So what safeguards, and, and, and every crematory is, is, is you know, obviously managed differently, um, you know, what safeguards are, are in place to, to guarantee the integrity of the cremation process? Well, we have our 10-step process here at the funeral home and also the cremation society. And when a body enters our building, everybody's given an ID number. And that ID number will follow the person to the very end of the process. Uh, once we do have the body here, the body's placed in what we call a cremation container, which is given the ID number is written on it, also the deceased's name. And then uh, the paperwork is being processed, you know, the cremation authorization and stuff like that. And then during the cremation process, uh, we check for pacemakers, and also we also do a thumbprint. Uh, and it's we, an electronic thumbprint to get stored it gets indefinitely. Stored in archives, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, also in our retort and also our establishment, we do have a twenty-four hour camera that's on it all the time. And we follow these these this process all the time with these steps and everything. Honestly, is is to keep us in sync with everything, but it also gives the family peace of mind. It would be, I mean, we have a lot of a, a number of independent verifications that aren't required by law, but that's we know correct. that anything happening in the crematory is date stamped, time stamped, it's being recorded. Yeah. Um, we keep the tapes for, for over a year, so if yeah. we ever have to go back, thank God yeah. we've never had, you know, we have an ind independent verification, as you talked yeah. about. With we the, know who did the removal, yeah. well, we the know transfer. Who, uh, who did the cremation, we also know who did the uh, the raking or uh, processing uh, the yep. processing and everything so even down to who returns the cremated remains that's to correct the even when the, the people pick up their loved ones uh, even on our, our sheets it tells you who gave out the cremated remains to which person and all this stuff so everything's all well documented and it's put in our database and it's always stored there well thanks Roger you've done Thank a great you. job and I think you've you've demystified some of the the um Myths and, and confusion. confusion and urban legends having to do with crem people. I think they jump on the internet, they look at a cremation on, or they they look at you know what's happening in in India with an open pyre cremation, and they just assume that that's what's being done. So, yeah. cremation, you know, being seventy percent in in some markets of New Hampshire, eighty percent of mm -hmm. what's happening with people selecting. I mean, people. I think people. I think they should. They should get a fully understanding of what the process is and, and get a better sense of, of, of what's going on and, and ask those questions and, because, you know, why not be an informed consumer? Yep. And when you know what the process is, it's less scary. It is. Yeah. So if you have other questions about the cremation process, we have a wealth of cremation-themed blog posts on our website at finef.net. If you have questions about cremations in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Email me at buddy at finef.net, that's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net, or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is also in the show notes for each episode. Thank you for listening to Dying to Talk.